0: But we are in 1 Thessalonians chapter... i got to get my ribbon in the right spot. Um, oh, it was. Perfect. Uh, chapter 3. Now, um, remember, Paul is writing to the Thessalonians. You don't have to be a rocket scientist to figure that one out. Um, but this was his first letter that he had written uh, out of all of his churches that he's planted or or people that he'd ministered to this was the first one out of all the others in the new testament so it's kind of a special letter that he wrote uh to this church that um when he went there and it's kind of interesting because um a couple of different books that i read today called paul and his buddy silas and his buddy timothy Uh, they called them missionaries and kept referring to them as missionaries, which was kind of cool because as I read it, I'm kind of more thinking from a past, from a pastor's point of view as he's writing with this heart to this, these people. Um, but really it's more of like a missionary's heart, uh, in this letter. And so it's just kind of cool. Um, you know, I remember growing up at Bible Baptist church in Klamath falls, uh, there was a wall that was the missionary's wall. And I remember, um, you know, I'm sure if my mom told me their names, it would totally ding, you know, but it's been about 28 years since I've seen the picture, so I can't remember their names. But I do remember a Hawaiian shirt, that they were wearing Hawaiian shirt. And back practically everybody on the board was wearing a Hawaiian shirt <laughs> for some reason. Um, and, you know, it's just interesting because if we were to do a board, um, you know, really I'd I'd love to, of course, put you know the the missionaries on there but also there would be almost like an everybody category because uh you know we believe that everybody's called to be a missionary um in fact we kind of have a slogan in our church that every member is a missionary so whether it's here in town we send you out from here and our vision statement there on the wall essentially is a sending you out to be a missionary in prineville this Sunday we're gonna send out a crew to go be missionaries uh, throughout Central and Eastern Oregon, and uh, and then of course we send people out uh, to go to Nepal. And we've got Kathy, wonderful Kathy, here from Uganda. We send her out to be a missionary there as well. No Hawaiian shirt, I notice. Uh, but <laughs> um, so just think of it as we're reading it today, because it's kind of a it's a special letter. It's obviously special here in chapter three. He talks about some of their history and so um that'll kind of help as we read it so laney will you be the first one to read for us on the screen you know how to read you get at it it's going to come up and we're just going to read just verse one see how it goes to a two don't read the two okay just read that's chapter three and just read that first sentence to the two okay good job that's my little first grader She's got one more week of school left and then she's my little second grader. So proud of you, Lainey. Good job. Uh, Does that seem like a weird place to start a chapter? (laughs) Kind of, right? What was he even talking about before this? Remember last week we ended with, he said, for what is our joy or our hope or crown of rejoicing in chapter two, verse 19? Is it not even you in his presence of the Lord Jesus Christ at his coming? For you are our glory and joy. He's just talking about how much he loves this group that he's been a missionary towards that they are a joy they are a crown just they are a glory and so then it goes into when we could no longer endure it he starts talking about that first missionary trip and you can read about it in Acts chapter 17 that they went to Europe uh, after having a vision and a dream to go to Europe they went there and just were met with persecution after persecution, with, which took them out of a you know, miraculous freedom out of a jail in Philippi. Uh, so they went down to Thessalonica, where they started teaching and preaching. And then the Jews got jealous, and the Jews started um, persecuting uh, Paul. And so they left, and they went down to Berea, and the Jews followed them to Berea and persecuted them. So they went down to Athens, okay? So that's kind of what was happening he said, I, we couldn't endure it anymore. It was so much persecution. So we went ahead and we kind of escaped down to Athens um, alone. And um, <clears throat> the, uh, <clears throat> just r- real quick, I'm going to give you a little alliteration here to help us keep track of what's going on. Uh, first of all, there is a motive. Okay, There's a motive of what happens in this chapter, that there was an unbearable suspense or an immense frustration, we could no longer endure it. Um, and in a sense, he's he's talking about his not so much persecution he endured, but how much he missed uh, the Thessalonians. Um, like what one guy said, you know, uh, when we're a long way away from loved ones and we have information about them, and we're able to Skype, and we're able to get letters, and we're able that makes being a long ways away more bearable. But when we don't have any information, it makes being away from our loved ones unbearable. And, uh, and so, you know, Paul didn't have any information. He didn't hear how they were doing. Are they even still walking with Christ anymore? I need some information. Come on, people. Uh, it was almost more than he could handle. Um, the Greek for this word forbear, when I could literally hardly bear it, it speaks of like a watertight vessel that can't even hold in water anymore. It's just about to explode uh so he said man we thought it would be good to be left in athens and alone and then to and then to verse two russell say it read it say it or read it either way okay so we couldn't handle it anymore we had to run away because of the persecution i was there in athens and you know what i just can't bear it anymore i gotta know how you guys are doing so i'm i'm sending timothy back to go find out how this group that we were missionaries to how are you guys doing? Um, and so now we had the motive, which was we just couldn't bear it anymore. Now we have the man who is our brother. He's a minister of God. He's a fellow laborer in the gospel. Man, talk about honors to have Paul the apostle say that about you. Um, uh, he's a fellow laborer in the gospel. And his method was that he would establish them and encourage them concerning the faith. How did your Bible say it, Russell? I know you have ESV. It said that that he would send Timothy to you. That he would was it exhort or what was the word? He exhort you, uh, which is kind of that spurring on and establish and encourage. And so, uh, but notice the method of the missionary was that there would be establishment uh just simply making converts without establishing them and discipling them is unbiblical you know there needs to be some roots to go down with the seed that is planted and uh then moving on to verse three kimmy all right so timothy was sent uh verse two he's a minister he's got this great task ahead of him he needs to encourage and establish them uh concerning their faith so that no one would be afraid and shaken by all the persecution they're going through i mean the jews in thessalonica were like ravenous and foaming at the mouth to destroy the work of the christians so there's this remember how it said in acts chapter 17 like a great many of like the language is kind of funny it's like and a and a great many people believed or something like that, you know. Um, so there were disciples there, and they had to run away from these disciples because they were being persecuted. So we got to know how these guys are doing. And um, we're sending Timothy, and uh, we don't want them to be shaken by the afflictions. And, uh, and then Kimmy read there that they knew from those times that Paul taught that those afflictions were something that they were appointed to. Um, and so we had the, the motive, which was unbearable suspense. We had the man, who's Timothy. He's going back as a missionary to uh, Thessalonica. Uh, we had the method, which was he was going to establish them. We have the message, which was a message of suffering. That's the message. Boy, isn't that encouraging. Don't you have anything better? You know, can't you sugarcoat it or something? Uh, well, the message young disciples young patty ones is one of suffering we will suffer and you know as you're taking off to fly to nepal and it's interesting how many people we've had to fly to nepal that are a little scared to fly over that giant ocean um you know they had to take a dramamine or not a dramamine but a sleeping pill Dramamine's for from barfing i think so a sleeping pill for sleeping whatever they call it and uh they just got to get across the ocean and it's helpful when the pilot says, hey, you know, I've been uh, studying the uh, path that the plane's going on, and, you know, uh, there's going to be about a half hour here. We're going to experience some turbulence, but don't worry. It's not going to catch me off guard. I know how big, you know, these pockets of air are, and, you know, this this Boeing 737 or whatever it is, there's nothing for that. You know, it's good. Um, so I just want you to know about it ahead of time. Breaker, breaker, you know, however he does it. Um, and then you hit it, and you're like, boom, 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 you know, and you're like, It's cool. I knew it was coming, and he said it's going to be okay, and, you know, um, and then, you know, he's like, uh, you know, it's all good. Everyone can survive it, Uh, but when the pilot doesn't let you know, and you're just on your way, and you're moving along, and then all of a sudden, kabam, kabam, and he hits the button, and, you know, he's, oh, oh, no, oh, man, uh, we are experiencing something that I just wasn't ready. I mean... You, it's it's helpful to know that the guy in charge knows what's going on. Same with the dentist, you know, and he gets the little sharp, needly-looking thingy, hook like this, and he says, hey, um, I'm going to touch right here, and you're going to experience a little shocking pain, and just, you know, don't worry, I know it's coming, you know it's coming, and it's supposed to happen, right? But when he's digging along, and drilling along, and... and Holy cow! Oh, man, I'm, man, I was not expecting that. I'm sorry. Then you're like, well, what are you even doing? Right? So Paul let them know ahead of time that, hey, we're going to be hitting some turbulence as Christians. Kimmy just read it. You yourselves know that we're appointed to this. You know the dental hook's coming. So just be prepared. Timothy's coming. He's going to help establish you and encourage you and exhort you to keep not be shaken by the turbulence that's coming. Um, so do not be shaken. The, the Greek is literally set of dogs wagging their tail um, in the flattering of people. And so uh, one translation of that would be that no man would be amidst all his calamities allured by the flattering hope of a more pleasant life to abandon his duty. Um, so, you know, we know tribulation are coming. We know hardships are coming. We know this is the lot of the Christian. And so don't let there be a, a wagging of the tail that, hey, why don't you come over here to a life where there is no suffering and there is no persecution. One, uh, Elsner and Bengal wrote, don't let anyone be conjoled out of his faith. And uh, in afflictions, relatives and opponents combine with the ease-loving heart itself in flatteries which it needs strong faith to overcome so watch out as we're moving through this life of christianity things are getting tough afflictions are coming but don't let the wagging tail of the dog of a comfort lifestyle suck you back over into the world is essentially what's going on there Um, and then we are in see verse three Uh, it said there at the end we are appointed to this we are appointed to this um what's your name mckaylee can you read for me is that cool will you read um so we're gonna hop down uh jenny if you don't mind and we're gonna read those other verses starting in john 16 2 will you read john 16 2 this is what jesus says about it okay so jesus said so we knew ahead of time that we were appointed to this and the man himself said it there's going to come a time you're going to be persecuted there will be afflictions so much so that you're going to be kicked out of the church of the day there in israel uh and and in this case thessalonica and whoever does it thinks that they're they're helping god out we got rid of those christians those lousy you know jesus loving full of the holy spirit sharing that good news and love and peace on earth and goodwill towards men we got rid of those dirtbags you know yeah they sound real bad um But Jesus said it was going to happen. You just read it. Uh, How about, what's your name again? Kylie. Kylie? Can you read Acts 9.16? Whoops, hold on. I messed up. You didn't mess up. I messed up. I put, uh, what did I put in there? Chapter, what did I have? That's not Acts 9.16. I put the wrong verse in. But don't worry, it's a short one, so I'll just read it. It said, this is, Paul the Apostle was Saul persecuting christians he just got saved god told ananias go to a street called straight and go get saul and you got to disciple him and he's like what this guy's been killing christians And, and jesus says don't worry like he's legit and i've shown him here's what it said do you guys remember i've shown him how many things he must suffer for my sake so paul knew that the life of a he knew before he even really was born before he was walking with the lord how much he was going to be persecuted that's a great that's the pilot saying there's going to be a lot of turbulence in this life okay but kay kaylee kylie Kylie? i knew it just testing you see if you knew your own name okay i'm glad it's you because we've got like three verses four verses here i need you to read acts 14 21 through 23 please lord Help my typo. What? Do you know how to enter one in? Control, Shift, B for Bible. And Acts 14, 21 through 23. This was kind of uh, our theme this year in Nepal, Blaine, going and strengthening the churches. So Acts 14, 21 through 23. can't believe you just went behind me, Jenny, after I went back there and just deleted verses I put in there and changed them just to make me look like a fool. I know your plan, Jenny. Um, so, Kylie. <laughs> so, isn't that just heartwarming that there were all these churches planted in the first missionary journey and they went back through and they strengthened the churches, they strengthened the souls of the disciples. And what was the message when they were strengthening them? We must, through many tribulations, enter the kingdom of God. It's not exactly your big tent revival meeting, is it? Like, hey, guess what? Big name missionaries coming through town, you know? You know, when I was a kid, it was uh, Dave Reaver. Does anybody know Dave Reaver? He was in Vietnam, and uh, he had a phosphate grenade explode in his face and it like ate half of his face off basically and uh, he wasn't a christian at the time he's become a christian and the hope of the gospel and i remember when dave reaver would come to a falls to uh, the air base down there at kingsley field uh, man you got to go hear dave reaver you know and he had a comic book about his life and the grenade exploding and all that and what's dave reaver gonna preach you know Well, it wasn't exactly we must through many tribulations. That that doesn't win crowds when that's your message. Um, Not that he had a bad message. It's just that that's what Paul decided to have his topical study be on as he went through the churches he established. Um, What's your name, son? Okay, but what's your name? Ryler. Okay, you don't have to read, no problem. Just love that name. I know Dustin, he doesn't want to read either. Okay, yeah, well, you're going to, boy. Oh, I thought Jenny would put it up there so that I wasn't wrong, she would know. What do you got, Jenny? I thought you would know. The one after the last one we did. 2 Timothy 3.12. Please, Lord, please, Lord, please, Lord. What was I even doing back there? Did we totally switch programs? Oh, there we go. So, random poll here. Show of hands. Who desires to live godly in Christ Jesus? couple people? Thinking about it, Lainey? Okay. Um, Raise your hand. Who wants to suffer persecution? Well, they're not mutually exclusive. All who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus, even in Prineville must suffer persecution because godliness is contrary to worldliness and the world doesn't like it when it's confronted with the light. First Peter two twenty one. Um Blaine I've heard you talk enough today. <laughs> Kathy? So the disciple isn't greater than his master, right? And if our master suffered, that's our example. We also must walk in his steps. And so that's the message that Kimmy read that kind of sprung us into all of those verses that we were appointed to this. Now, a lot of people go to those Big Tent revivals and, and it wasn't Dave Reaver, he was awesome. But they kind of get the become a Christian and it's nothing but kittens and lollipops and unicorns and just a whole lot of fun stuff. And the truth of the matter is, hey, all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. We've been appointed to this. And verse 4, Grandma Barb, do you mind reading it? From This is back to uh, 1 Thessalonians 3. You gotta like that. So, we've told you. We'd suffer tribulation. It happened. And you know. <laughs> you know. So... I like what uh, JFB commentary said, none but a religion from God would have held out such a trying prospect to those who should embrace it and yet succeed in winning converts. So it's got to be the true God who says, look, I've got abundant life, but it is marked with, on a road with suffering. There's a road of suffering for anyone who's a disciple of Jesus. And... It kind of reminded me when Fred taught. Oh, Mary's not even in here now to hear about this, but I was thinking of when Fred taught the last time. It was on a Wednesday night, and do you remember? He was like closing out Philippians four, and he said, "Man, um, you got these guys that go to Nepal and they come back and they just talk about getting parasites and tapeworms and puking on the trail and you know uh, stomach viruses and diarrhea and you know persecution in the villages and." And for some reason, people keep signing up to go back, you know, and it's kind of, you know, that's, that's the case that the, the life is marked with suffering, yet we know that God has called us to things, although there's only about three or four signups back there in Nepal. So uh, on the list, so don't let Fred be wrong. Um, Let's get some signups on that thing. Uh, So then JFB went on to say, um, both of these things came to pass and you know you know that we foretold it and then the correspondence of the events predicted powerfully confirms faith in other words you were forewarned and forearmed Uh, something alistair beg always says is uh, the bible says it and experience confirms it and so as we're living out life circumstances and there's just things that it's like is it really that way Is it really that way? And it's like, well, the Bible says it and experience confirms it. Uh, That's that's uh, that's true as we live out this life. The prophets, the apostles said we would live out uh, persecution. It happened. And now, you know, Uh, and then we kind of move on to Paul talking about his pastoral ministry, which starts off with something that is so good for us in relationship to keep in contact. So verse 5, Jason, will you read it? Uh, this is First Thessalonians 3, 5, by the way. So again, kind of pop back to verse 1. There's this, oh, I just can't bear it anymore. i got to know how you guys are doing. So I sent Timothy so he would find out where you guys are at in your walk with the Lord. Um, and man, you know, that devil, he is so sneaky, you know. He, he tempts us to sin. And then when we do sin, he accuses us of sin before God. I mean, that is just low right you know he's he's the tempter and the accuser uh and and you know what that's what he goes out to do and man if that was the case uh, uh our labor for you would have been in vain and so he starts out within his pastoral ministry he's keeping in touch with them finding out how their faith is doing i sent to know your faith which is really good because it gives us the subject in how we should be talking to each other Always going back to matters of faith. Russell, let's not mess with sister's staticky hair. That just makes it more staticky. Um, in fact, because you're goofing off, you're going to read the next verse, boy. 1 Thessalonians 3.6. Sorry, Kayla. So, Paul, he's writing this letter just relieved because Timothy had just come back to him. He came down to Corinth told him of the great faith and love and charity uh, that uh, the Thessalonians were uh, showing and demonstrating. Uh, One guy said, uh, faith was the solid foundation, but charity or love was the cement which held together the superstructure of their practice on that foundation. So Timothy came back, brought good news of faith and love and they've got good memories uh good good memories they wanted to see paul silas uh just as they wanted to see them there's a great relationship here uh heard of charles simeon who was the pastor of holy trinity church in cambridge for 50 years he was the pastor there back in the early 1800s and biographers write of his ministry this is how he's remembered uh as the thessalonians remembered paul that His life in ministry for 54 years was marked by a sweet, affectionate expressions, by welcoming tone of voice, by a softness and a childlike simplicity. I don't even know how to act like that. Those are so many things. It's like, what marks my... um, How do people remember me um, as they move on and move off? But, uh, you know, how does your Sunday school class remember you, those of you that teach back there? You know, have I mentioned that... um, when I was in the fourth grade, there was a guy at Northwest Hills Baptist Church. We would, uh, our, our church wasn't big enough for all the kids, so we'd go next door to Hoover Elementary, and the gym was for all of the children's ministry, and all the kids were in tents. So fourth grade boys were in the blue tent, I remember that, and all these different tents. But there was a stage there in the gym, and a worship leader for all the kids, that makes me think of Ron Halverson leading worship with the kids. And our worship leader was Scott Smothers, and he had a black ovation guitar. And I just, I remember that was when I was in the fourth grade. So I was Russell's age. Uh, he led worship to the kids. And then over time, they ended up at Calvary Chapel Corvallis with us. And, um, and we didn't rub shoulders uh, too much. Um, and, uh, and, and then recently when I went to Israel, he was on the Israel trip. And we just hit it off. And it was just, just so great to have conversations. He told me his testimony um, and I'd never heard his testimony. And here's this guy that had been leading, um, worship since I was a, you know, a kid. And, and, uh, we were, he's obviously active and outdoorsy, you know, and, and, uh, we went on this hike in Israel down to Gamla and there in an original synagogue that Jesus taught at the stones are there that Jesus stood on those stones and taught. Uh, we just felt like, you know, Jesus made this really, it's central Oregon Jesus made a circuit around the region of Galilee and taught in every synagogue, He went out of his way to minister to the people, and it says that he would heal people as he taught. And we just felt like that that day the Lord had in that synagogue there in Gamla, come up and pray and share what you need prayer for. And Scott got up and shared that right before the trip, they found a mass on his pancreas and uh, that when he got back, he needed to have it looked at. Well, a matter of days later, we were in Jerusalem and he couldn't do any of the Jerusalem ventures with us. He was stuck in his room, ill, and within three weeks, uh, he passed away by the time he got back. And uh, so, you know, just thinking of the legacy that we leave behind, you know, and I, I was, this was so cool. So uh, I was able to tell him on that trip what it meant to me as a 35 year old pastor that you know how it is right (laughs) you know how it is Ron. like i mean i just put some songs together and you know i like bananas i think papayas are sweet but nothing beats the sweet sweet love of god and this is the song i've got it's a kid's song and you're back there and you're like do these kids even know that i'm here you know And, and you know you guys you all teach you all hold the babies and does anybody know and i'm telling you i knew scott smothers was a worship leader to kids and 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 i was able to tell him how much that meant to me that was before i even knew he had a mass on his pancreas and how neat you know to just be able to share that with him as as he went into the presence of the lord fond memories how do people remember you they remembered um paul i heard a story today that uh it was alistair beg and he said you know this week we got a card in the mail that said, you know, it wouldn't hurt you and the church leadership to smile every now and then. <laughs> you know, It's like, well, is that how they're remembered? And, and then I was like, well, you know what? I've had a card up at my pulpit for some reason that says, smile, God loves you. And you all know, kind of put it down on the inside and set my notes out. And then the next week, there's a different card on my pulpit that says, smile, God loves you. I don't know, maybe I'm not smiling enough from the pulpit. But um, certainly want to be marked as uh, Charles Simeon. With just that joy of the Lord. Holy moly, we got like three minutes. So, But the stories are nice, aren't they? The stories are nice. I could do another Nacho Libre interpretation and that's probably what... Okay, verse 7. Kayla, do you mind? All right. And then we see not only have they been making contact, but they've been making an impact, which is a result of keeping contact. Verse 8, I'm going to hop over here to Soren. Soren All Alright, so there's this great encouragement that they heard of their faith and it was comforting in all the persecution and all the affliction. There's comfort and Soren just read it now the language actually is translated now we really live when you're going through trials and tribulation and then you hear of that guy or that girl who are still walking with the lord that just brings it all back to life again or, or Philip's translation says now we can breathe again we've been so worried if you guys are even still walking with the lord lest we'd labored in vain and our mission to thessalonica meant nothing oh now we can breathe again now we can really breathe again uh donnie uh the third fourth well the fourth ease up there buddy uh actually yeah donnie read read nine and then dj read ten in other words we cannot thank god enough for you we have so much joy and you know i I remember hearing it said uh, maybe you've heard it too that the key to joy is j-o-y jesus and then others and then you and if you mix those up, there's no joy. Where did Paul get his joy from? Man, Christ first, others, and you know, he put himself last. Uh hit it, DJ. And then uh Casey, will you read um eleven through thirteen? We're just gonna breeze through these last ones. So Paul's missionary heart was that they would be established. And I thought it was interesting. One book I was read. Remember how I told you that the Thessalonians, kind of a nickname for their town. We have Peeville, right? Or at least that's what I call it. I don't know what else we've got as a nickname of Prineville. Uh, but they had uh, Solonica, which is not much easier. In fact, it's harder <laughs> for me anyways. They're the Solonicas. And one guy kept writing in a book um, that Paul was to establish establish the Selenikans, right uh they're in verse 13 so that we could establish or establish your hearts two things here blameless laney and russell not gonna go well for you establish your hearts blameless and in holiness before god the father man to be without blame in our lives that's the heart of the lord he wants us to be blameless But notice it's in light of the coming of Jesus. You know, we can major in Jesus coming back. We are to. We're to watch. And we can major in, oh, I'm excited about you know pre-trib rapture. I hope for pre-trib. And there's so many things that point in the Scripture and even in our day and age that, that the Lord is coming soon. But people that just major on something like that without it affecting their life and holiness, they've missed the mark. Uh here we see that Paul wants to establish the church's heart in blamelessness and holiness in light of the coming of Jesus. And back in 1 John chapter 2, verse 28, Lainey, will you read this? It's up there. Come on. Oh, you know what? I didn't put it up. Uh, uh, anyways, uh, 1 John 2, 28. Sorry, Jenny this is you know yeah they're gonna quit on me tonight was brutal first john two twenty eight. so do you guys see it he's coming so let's abide in him so we're not ashamed when he comes and then jenny you're gonna kill me first john just hit three and we're gonna read verses two and three and i'm gonna pick uh Michaelie. am i right Yes. First um, John three, two, and three. You guys ever notice the little crease in the middle of the screen? Looks like that's a folded up piece of paper. <laughs> Get to notice things like that. Uh, so McKay, McKayle, right? Will you read these two verses? So the context of what McKayle read is in you know a few verses after what Laney just read, that he's coming. We don't want to be ashamed when he comes. And, and um, he's going to reveal himself. We're going to see him as he is. And everyone who has this hope of Jesus coming back will live a pure life. So the theology of a pre-trib rapture, or a mid-trib rapture, or whatever, Jesus' imminent return ought to produce a holy life. The last thing I want to note before we close and are done is that notice the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Who's it with? Yeah, it's with all his saints. So when you read Revelation chapter 19, and he's coming with the armies of heaven clothed in white, they've been purified. Um, uh, Jude tells us that uh, Enoch prophesied, behold, the Lord comes with ten thousands of his saints. And so um, I think that's just an evidence of uh, at the second coming, something had already happened to bring all the saints In the presence of the Lord, the seven-year kind of like honeymoon period, there's the marriage supper of the Lamb in Revelation chapter 19. And at the end, right after that, there's the second coming with Jesus with ten thousands of his saints, with all his saints, with the armies of heaven clothed in fine white linen. Um, But uh, that's just me. So anyways...